Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Do it, Lord Jesus. It's a big deal you're here. <clears throat> Not only for yourself, but um, I'm convinced that, um, that God has us put and placed into community in such a way that it could be that you're here for somebody else's miracle. Amen. So it's a big deal that you're here. Amen. If you have your Bible tonight, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse, verse 10. <clears throat> I believe that's the King James on the screen. Um, we believe that the Word of God is more than a storybook and it's more than a historical narrative. We've got plenty of archaeological evidence and would love to, to, to have you in a class and take you through the archaeological evidence that, that overwhelmingly proves that this book has remained unchanged through the ages. It's not, a, it's not a, uh, the, the result of telephone and what we've got today is somehow radically different than than it was when it was written. We've got, we've got um, overwhelming proof that, it, that the Lord, as he said, has the power to protect his word. Let every man be a liar and his word be true. Um, and so every week we go to this book because we understand that it's, it's not just a, a historical book, but it's God's word to you and to I both back then and today, is just as relevant. And uh, I guess to shake your flesh and to recognize the significance of this moment, this word that you're going to hear, can you stand to your feet tonight? <clears throat> You'll find out that when we go to read Scripture in, in moments like this, everything within you wants to check out. Right now, all you want to do is sit back down and get back on your phone and do whatever else because the enemy knows if this word gets deposited, if revelation takes place, everything changes. It's that powerful. Let's read Ephesians 6, chapter 10, uh, verse 10 together. The Bible says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here I am reading the English standard. <clears throat> Is that okay? I apologize. Uh, this one time. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's the Lord's favorite. So deal with that. <laughs> we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor, say whole armor, of God. It's not mine, it's his, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand firm, or stand therefore, having fastened to the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with perseverance, making supplication 
for all saints. I want to speak to us on uh, part two, dress code of a revivalist. The dress code of a revivalist. Won't you uh, stretch one hand to heaven with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you, revealer of truth. We invite you, God, to bring revelation to our hearts, <laughs> to bring hope, to dispel discouragement unbelief, disappointment. God, we invite you through revelation of your word to put in courage and boldness, oh God, that we too may be able to withstand in the evil day, make us bold as lions, Father. Oh God, to, to walk in the power and the authority of your word, to walk in our God-given mandate and kingdom authority, God, as revivalists Jesus, dispelling the darkness wherever the sole of our foot may step. God, in the name of Jesus, cause us to be doers of this word and not hearers only. Amen. You can be seated. If you weren't here last week, you need to go um, hit up the Facebook page and listen to part one. If you weren't here last week and you don't have part one, it's okay. Right? This, this works for you um, all by itself. And so I, uh, last weekend, last Saturday, it was freezing cold. I didn't know it was going to be freezing cold. Um, I, I guess I read the weather wrong. And uh, as you know, this week's been kind of amazing. And there was a particular shoe release. I thought I was delivered from, uh, from these vices and uh, had this purge a couple of years ago. And here we are. <clears throat> the devil is a liar. And so... I got up and I had two wristbands, which guaranteed me two pair of shoes. So I needed to take somebody with me. Didn't want to bother anybody else. And so I uh, figured out which one of my sons would go with me. So uh, Ezra said, if you'll buy me donuts, I'll go. <laughs> so we went to the donut shop and he bought a whole collection and, um, and we off to Cincinnati. And so we went down Cincinnati. If you know where Finley Market is, the columns there, this incredible space. A uh, friend was, uh, was, was releasing, doing a special release for the Rebellionaire Ones. And so it took us about 20 minutes to park because the entire city was downtown at Finley Market. And so we find a place and we're walking. Uh, and Ezra doesn't even have his coat on right. He's got some sweatpants on, a thin jacket. All I've got on is a thin jacket and just some pants. And uh, by the time we get to the end of the line, uh, everybody's looking at me weird as I go past everybody, right? Like this line is the longest shoe line I've ever been in in my life. And I've been in a lot of shoe lines. And so several hundred people. And um, so we're walking. It was not like we we're really late. And uh, we're walking and we're still walking. And I can feel the glares, Right? Like, why? I guess I look good, right? Like, maybe that's it. People, people see the drip, right? They see the shoes, 94 Chicago's, let's go, turn up. That's not what it was. It was the fact that I had a seven-year-old out in 20-degree weather, and he was crying because he was so cold, and we hadn't even made it to the end of the line yet. Yeah, Dad of the Year Award. And so uh, all of these glares, so we didn't even get in line. We went into Finley Market, and uh, he got some more donuts, and I got a coffee, and the call of shame. Oh, baby, uh, can you uh, drive to Cincinnati and pick up Ezra? I don't think it's going to work out. So my wife has to, uh, has to push back all of her plans because um, this guy, 
I uh, thought it would be a good idea to have a seven-year-old out with a light jacket on um, and 20 degree. It was literally so cold. And in the city, you know, like it's windy and there's no sun. And it's like, what is going on? And I wasn't dressed for this. And so, you know, I've been in the cold before. I've been in cold lines before. I've, I've waited. This was a five-hour wait. It ended up being a five-hour wait. Okay? And so I've waited. That's nothing. I've waited 18 hours for shoes. I think, Kobe, you've waited with me. He was in middle school, and we waited together for the Concord 11s, uh, 18 hours. So we came away with so many pairs. We made so much money. It was ridiculous. Sold our place in line multiple times. And so, you know, hustling. We're out here, you know, hustling, running the game. And, and so I thought this was going to be a really easy in and out, right? And I would just say that I almost missed it because I didn't dress right. Do you hear me? I almost missed it altogether because I didn't dress right. And because I didn't dress my son right, I did miss a portion of it, right? I came away with one, shoe, one pair instead of two pairs, right? And so I, I don't know where you're at in, in your walk with the Lord, but I do know this. If you don't dress appropriately, you'll miss it. And if you don't miss it altogether, you'll miss the fullness of what he has for you. Somebody say amen. And so understand, we're talking about the dress code of a revivalist. Uh, uh, what does that look like? How do I adorn myself appro appropriately to walk in the fullness of what God has for me and for his kingdom? And so it's possible to forget that there's a dress code. It's possible because this is why Paul is actually addressing the church at Ephesus that had, that had worked in, in miracles and signs and wonders. And, and in the, the, the context of what he's telling them is as though he has to remind them. We talked about, finally, my brethren, last week. Uh, if you've heard everything that I've, I've had to say in, throughout this entire epistle, this entire letter, there's one thing you need to remember. If you're going to get back to walking in my authority and in my power, the power of, and the authority of the Holy Spirit, You've got to clothe yourself with the armor of God. He's reminding them, re reminding them that they have to take on the whole armor. Because not only is it, a, is it possible to not dress appropriately, it's a possible to think that you've got some of the armor on and forget elements of that armor. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this is a really important piece. Paul says, okay, listen to what I have to say. Of all that I've said to you, Ephesus, listen to this. This is really important, okay? And so, so he says, he says, uh, he says, he goes into a, a great detail about the conflict that they are getting ready to step into. He spends a great deal of time talking about the the the, the principalities and the and the the powers of spiritual wickedness in high places, almost to a point to where it's pretty intimidating. He paints a pretty dark picture, but then he 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 he, he, he reminds them, but it's okay. You were born for battle. You were born born into the war. You were born for conflict. And what he said to the church at Ephesus is also true for you and I. It's true of the Christian religion as a whole, which is born out of persecution, into martyrdom, martyrdom into suffering, into imprisonment and bloodshed and death. This was the life of Christ. It's the life of the apostles. All of them martyred except for John. And it's the story of the Christian church from the first century 
century who endured all kinds of heartache and hardship and unspeakable persecution to the present church age across the world and the nations. And so as just as a Spartan, if you understand any bit of Greek history at all, you understand that the Spartan soldier was born for one purpose, for war. This is the purpose for which he was born. This is why they married to produce sons for conflict and for war. At the moment they turn seven, they're swifted, uh, whipped away from, from, from mother and, 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 and taken to the barracks where they begin to train their hands for war. It's why they were born. And I'll remind you, young Christian, young believer, it's why you've come to the world for such a time as this, for war, for conflict, to wage war on on the darkness to expose the lies of hell to bring happiness where there's been depression to bring hope when there's been defeat to bring courage where there's been discouragement to bring life where that suicidal spirit of this age has ran rampant it's why you've come to this moment it's for the conflict you're born for war created for conflict that's encouraging. Oh, I don't know. That sounds, that sounds kind of, uh, it's a little extreme, isn't it? Well, it's the language of scripture that's used over and over and over, this martial kind of, uh, of overtones. It's been the language of the church for centuries. If we had the, if we had, does anybody remember the, the red hymnal <clears throat> before the projector? Brother Robert was like, me, can we go get one right now? All right, so uh, look at this. This is in, I, I appreciate him too, Rich in Doctrine. And uh, in, in that hymn book, there's a whole section of, uh, of songs built on Christian warfare. <clears throat> I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Remember that one? Promise him that I, I'm on the battlefield for the Lord, right? It's every service we're singing. Um, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run nor. This is what we were brought up on. You weren't, maybe, but this is what we were brought up on. What else is there? Do you remember others? <clears throat> Onward, Christian soldiers. I think that was Charles Wesley. Okay, here's one. Loyalty to Christ, on to victory, cries our great commander. On, we move at his command. We'll soon possess the land through loyalty to Christ. Here's one, the banner of the cross. There's a royal banner given for display to the soldiers of the king marching on, marching on. Uh, here's one, the kingdom is coming. The sunlight is glancing on armies advancing to conquer the kingdom of sin. Here's one, the true-hearted and wholehearted. Under the standard, exalted and royal, strong in thy strength, we will battle for thee. Here's one, dare to believe. Strive for the right, fight and be strong. Christ is your captain, fielding what's wrong. The onward Christian soldier, marching as to war. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe. Forward in the battle, sees his banner go. 
uh, who's on the Lord's side. Fierce may be the conflict, strong may be the foe, but the king's own army none can overthrow. I could go on and on and on. The son of God goes forth to war, a kingly crown to gain. His blood red banner streams afar, whose follow in his train. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Soldiers of Christ arise, is another one, and put your armor on. We've got some today. We like the song, Surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Amen. Hillsong sings, not today. Your love stood down fear, crushed the devil's head. Fear is just a liar running out of breath. The fight beneath your feet, I'm standing on Jesus' name. Amen. Be still. Be still and know that the Lord is in control. Be still, my soul. Stand and watch as giants fall. What am I saying? Our scripture, our doctrine, our songs all lend to conflict, to fight, to war. This is why David was ready to run into the valley. He didn't pause and, 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 uh, 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 you know, well, maybe I should, maybe I should um, build an orphanage for the Philistines, and there's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. But he said there's a battle to fight. There's a war to wage and a war to win. <clears throat> Amen. And so uh, our doctrine, our scriptures, uh, our, our songs are, are enamored in warfare. And this is the reality. We are in spiritual conflict, whether you recognize it or not. Okay, so this is what this is what what Putin has tried to get the world to believe for the last 10 years is it's peacetime. All the while, he's still advancing. All the while, he's still trying to get a foothold in Syria. All the while, he's 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 annexing portions of the Ukraine. This isn't new. He's been doing this because although he says it's time for peace, it's a time of war. You better know what time it is. You better know what you're getting into when you step out of your house in the morning. It may look like the forecast might look like it's warm. Maybe it's a good time to frolic about. Uh Uh-uh, baby. The war is on. And if you're not dressed appropriately, you will not overcome. Do you hear me tonight? Amen. And so you are born for conflict. This is the spiritual warfare. What is it about? It's not ultimately, there's internal and external, internal and external conflict. And some of that external conflict looks like, looks like sickness, looks like, uh, sometimes it it looks like, uh, you know, people that are contrary, right? Some of you guys have had, uh, had some, you've had some engagements with, uh, with some foes this week. You've been in some arguments, perhaps. Maybe people talking sideways out their neck about you, right? You understand what I'm talking about? Maybe you feel some kind of way, like you've been offended or hurt or harmed, and maybe you have external conflict. There's also internal conflict, right? And so we're talking about, uh, we're talking about uh, wounds in inwardly, emotional distress, depression, uh, discouragement, anxiety, fear, all of this stuff. Uh, sin, inward sin with your thought process and your thought life, right? Inward and external. But it's all about one thing. The warfare is not about whether or not you're sick. And it's not ultimately whether or not you are depressed. 
It's about one thing, and you need to know what it's about. Souls. It's bigger than you. Did you hear me? You are part of an army that has been given marching orders. And those marching orders are so that the glory of the Lord may cover the earth as the waters clothe the sea. Your marching orders is to bring the glory of God to, 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 to spread this gospel message uh, everywhere, that every sphere that you walk in. Ultimately, the conflict isn't about your emotional state. And that's not to belittle. That's not to, to, to uh, not recognize your feelings or your emotions. But you need to understand everything that the enemy attacks in, inwardly or outwardly is to thwart you from being a harvester, to being in the fight, engaging in the battle, and bringing light to darkness. Every sickness, every emotional distress, every setback, every discouragement, every hurt, every, every, every aspect of the spiritual warfare is about one thing, souls. And if he can't take you out to prevent you from gaining more souls for the kingdom, right, he will limit you so that you can't gain as many. It's all about souls, the spiritual, the spiritual warfare <clears throat> and so Paul's exhortation to the Ephesians is very much an appeal to war for warriors who will fight warriors who may take some blows may get knocked down but by God's help and with God's help they'll get back up keep moving forward and keep on fighting and keep on marching. Amen. And so anybody that's preparing for war understands and knows that there are weapons of war and there is a uniform that we have to uh, embrace. Amen. And so he's clear in his exhortation that we wrestle not against flesh and blood because ultimately it's not about the argument. It's not about who did you wrong. It's not about who forgot to put you in the, in the, in the group text. It's not about the party you didn't get invited to. It's not about the, the restaurant that you didn't eat at because they left you out. And maybe even if they let you at, left you out on purpose, I know how it feels. I want to be invited too, guys. <laughs> That's not the point, Kyle. Kyle said, you won't show up. Do you know, does anybody else recognize, like, it's not about whether or not I show up. I just want to be included, right? Yeah. Bless God, I'm tired of being excluded, being excluded, right? But we recognize that Paul says we don't re wrestle against against flesh and blood. And no matter how, how many bullets and no matter how many beans, so to speak, we send to Russia or to, to the Ukraine, God forbid Russia, to the Ukraine, it's not about bullets and beans. It's about souls. And the war that needs to be won ultimately isn't a physical war. It's a spiritual war. Do you hear me? It's not about the argument that you need to win against girlfriend or boyfriend. It's not about how your rep looks at school, about whether or not you're the cool chick or, 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 or the bad dude. Right? It's about souls. It's not about your fit. It's not about your Instagram posts or your following. Kyle's out here. He's been working hard. He's getting ready to monetize his page all for the glory of the kingdom. And uh, if you're not following, you should, right? And so it's not about your following. 
right? It's not about your merch. That has no effect. Do you understand? That has no effect in the spiritual, right? It may affect flesh and blood. But that's not where the war's at. It's a spiritual, spiritual war. And so he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm going to, I hope you have your 15 minutes. I'm going to give you this in 15 minutes, but you need to write fast, okay? And so this word wrestle is the Greek word palestra. And it actually refers to, in ancient Greece, it would have been, it would have been an actual, uh, an actual gymnasium that was built or constructed for combat. The word literally means a house of struggle. And in this palatia in Greece, this athletic complex built for warfare, sometimes indoors, sometimes outdoors. It was, there were three main events that would take place, and that would be wrestling, it would be gladiator-type fights with instruments of war, and boxing. And in each one of these events, the goal was to, to defeat your, your opponent in such a way that they didn't leave the palatia or the gym. The boxers would have their, their wrists not, not wrapped with, with, um, not wrapped with, with uh, tape as they do today to, to prevent your, your wrists from breaking, but instead be with, with basically knives. You're talking about like Edward Scissorhands uh, type uh, style of fighting or boxing. It's an interesting kind. And so the gladiator types were to the death, and they were no holds bars. Same with the wrestling, with the with the boxing. There was this was not this was this was basically act as you will. Whatever you have to do to survive, you've got to come out alive, right? Why is that important to understand in this context? Because not any Joe is going to walk into this kind of war uh, of gym built for warfare without preparation. Do you understand? And so Paul is, is relating this to a style of fighting that you would not enter into if you have not prepared. There are things that the Lord, that Holy Spirit, is trying to prepare you for in this hour and in this moment. And if you don't yield to the preparation of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, you will be consumed in the battle and in the fight. There is a promise for you to conquer, but the promise is contingent upon you and your obedience to the Holy Spirit. And so he says that he says, he says the word we wrestle not against, and he says this word. Uh, he says this word against four different times. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, uh, against the rulers. Uh, I'm reading the English standard. Against the authorities, against the cosmic powers. And so he, he references, he, he, he's, he becomes repetitive with this word against on purpose. He doesn't have to. He could have just, if it wasn't important for us, the reader, it, he could have just said, we wrestle not against powers, against principalities, uh, uh, and, and, and spiritual wickedness, and high he doesn't. He could just put a comma, but he, he continues to put against. Why? This word against actually is 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 the uh, is the is essentially the English word. It would mean for us. It would mean to to be with. We wrestle not with, right? And it's used. The other place we see it used, and this is just 
let me help you. When you're reading scripture and you're trying to figure out the meaning of a, of a, of a word, uh, one of the ways that you do that is you figure out where else the, the word is used in scripture and what does it mean there. And if it's not in, in also not just in scripture, you also look at the, at the um, um, uh, historical texts, okay, outside of scripture. And how was that word used outside of scripture to get the meaning here, right? And we see this word actually in John 1, John 1, 1. The same word against here is, and in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. It's the same word. And so, so the picture that he's painting here is, is you are going to go up against, and he, he begins to lay out powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Basically, he's saying you're going up against a very strategic t- attack when you step out of your door. This is why you got to be prepared for war. When you step out of your, your door, you're going up against a very strategic spiritual attack that is tailored specifically for you. Some of these spiritual forces that you are going to face are, are very high-ranking spiritual forces, some over nations, some over, over it's almost as he lays them out as, 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 as generals and colonels and, uh, and goes on down the line of, of a military rank to trainees and all the way down to trainees and soldiers. But he says, you and I are going to be with... In a, close to shoulder to shoulder hand-to-hand combat with the highest all the way to the lowest and so why is that important it's important for you to understand to that uh, for you to understand that the conflict that you're entering in is not relegated just for the preacher not just for the evangelist not just for the prophet but every single one of us are going to engage against against spiritual powers that you better be ready to combat to fight to enter into and to wage war upon and so this is he lays it out in such a way that you should have should be intimidated and you should be like why do I even come out of my house I think I'll just I think I'll just stay in the side inside maybe I'll move down into the basement or maybe I'll, I've seen on Facebook they're actually literally selling those uh, they're selling those uh, those uh, uh, bug out like containers that you can bury like 10 by 10 steel compartments that you can bury and then they have like steps where you can come out so anybody can I've got a I, I dug a big hole last year. If anybody's got a trench, trenching equipment, I dug a 14 by 14 foot hole that's five feet deep is now is supposed to be to level my, my trampoline. So it's like really cool because I've seen that on Instagram and so that would be a cool idea. And, uh, and so and now it's, a, it's a, about a five foot mud pond uh, waiting for the mosquitoes to hatch. So anyway, what I'm saying is, is if you know somebody that has some trenching equipment, I need to put in a drain, all right? And so, um, and then maybe put in the bug out, bug out space. I don't know. And so this is the way that Paul paints the picture, right? It's like, this is some dark stuff. This is dark stuff. There are literal principalities that govern spiritual, that govern regions, okay? Nations, regions, states, cities, towns, and homes, that have to be torn down. If you're going to take the city, you've got to you've got to you've you've got to overcome the 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 spirits of spiritual wickedness. Okay, the, those 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 high-ranking uh, uh, positions of of essentially uh, spirits of of hell that govern these these uh, these areas, right? And so, but then he says this: wherefore. Right? He says, This is how, how bad it is, this is how dark it is. And so he says. Wherefore, which is to say, considering how dark it is, 
considering just how tough it is, considering that you're going to be in hand-to-hand, essentially, combat with these kinds of powers and forces, he says, don't be afraid. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm reminding you that you were born for war. I'm reminding you that you have been endued. We talked about that last week. You've been endued with the power of God. That you, as a child of God, are in Christ. That you have the armor of God. And every spiritual every spiritual being must bow to the spirit that dwells in you. You are a higher ranking force in the spiritual than every single devil in hell. I don't care how many stars the general may have in hell. I'm telling you, with the power of the Holy Spirit, you have more stars. You have a higher rank. You have more authority in the name of Jesus and in his mighty right hand. Wherefore, in the light of all of these things that I have said to you, he says, I'm not leaving you with fear. This isn't to intimidate you. He says, take on the whole armor of God. This is how you overcome. Dress like a revivalist. This is what he's saying. He says, He says, wherefore, and he says, take on the whole armor of God so that you can withstand. This word withstand literally means, get this, I was trying to work on a concoction to show you uh, some static and how static repels and it didn't work out. Kyle went to the store and everything. This word withstand literally means to repel. And in this context, he says, having, he says, uh, putting on the whole armor of God so that you can withstand or so that you can repel, essentially repel hell. Okay, to repel hell in the evil day. Okay, and so, so it's important to understand that the enemy is the prince of the air, that he is the God of the cosmos, right, Uh, uh, of this earth, okay? He has a spiritual authority, okay? He has spiritual authority in this earth. But do you know that everywhere that has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, he has lost every spiritual authority that he once had? Do you understand as a child of God that the enemy that you go up against has no spiritual authority in your life? He has no spiritual authority in the church. He has no spiritual authority in any realm where Christ is. And so everywhere that I walk, I am like an autonomous nation walking around like a floating island. Everywhere that I go, everywhere that I bring this autonomous region, everywhere I bring this powerful nation, everywhere I bring this authority of God, the authority of hell has to be repelled. The works of darkness have to be repelled because it has no hold. Understand as a child of God, you walk in the authority of God. When you've been filled with the spirit of God, walking with the armor of God, there's no devil that can touch you and he can't touch any space that you occupy. That's why your school can have revival. Because devil, the hell, hell cannot touch any space that you claim for kingdom. But it's possible, it's possible to forget to clothe yourself in the armor of God. It's possible to walk as a believer and never repel a single demon. 
It's possible to sit right beside for eight months to sit right beside uh, individuals that God, mind you, planted you beside who are wrestling with demons and devils, who, are, who are, are battling suicide, who are battling anxiety and fear and worry and abandonment and harm. And God puts you right there so that you might put on the armor of God and repel hell in their life. But it's possible that you forget to put the clothes on. It's possible that you forget that you are in a spiritual conflict. Tonight, Haven, let us be reminded you were born for war. You come to the kingdom for such a time as this to wage, to, to engage in the conflict, to push back, to repel hell wherever you find it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever I go, I must walk with the faith that this belongs to the Lord. Amen. That's why it's in, that's why we, that's why we do, we we're talking about in our pre-service, in our pre-service meeting tonight, we we're talking about a prayer walk. Okay? And so the whole idea of a prayer walk really is rooted in, in, in the Hebrew children and, the, and claiming territory wherever the Lord said to Joshua, wherever the sole of your feet may, may tread or, or step, that's what I've given to you. If you're bold enough to claim it, if you're bold enough to step into it, if you're bold enough to go to the dark space, if you're bold enough to open up your mouth and share the good news of the gospel, if you're bold enough to rebuke the sickness, if you're bold enough to rebuke suicide, if you're bold enough to love the unlovely, darkness can be repelled amen so he says so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day what's the evil day this is not this is not some daniel prophetic message it's just any time where all hell is breaking loose in your life and if you're like me it's probably every day i know this is the day that the lord has made i'll rejoice and be glad in it but i also know there's an attack on my life every stinking day there's an attack attack on my life. And so there's not a day that I can forget to put on the armor of God. And I'm telling you right now, as a pastor, as a, uh, somebody that's been in this for a minute, it's possible to be a pastor and to forget to clothe yourself in the armor of God. To forget to go to the place of prayer. That's how you clothe yourself. He says in this passage three times, we read it three times, he says to pray. And it's possible to neglect the place of prayer and go into the field of battle without the armor. And one day without the armor can be tragic. Feeling discouraged? When's the last time you prayed? And discouragement really quickly spirals to disillusionment. And when you, you enter into disillusionment, that can be like day two. It's like day two for me. I'm being very honest. Day two, without taking John 15 seriously, abiding, day two, I'm ready to give up. Sometimes I've said it out loud. I'm ready to resign. Like every position. Disillusionment. Usually when that happens, I've not been praying. Can I tell you it's possible to fast and to be in the middle of 90 days of 
prayer and fasting and not spend time with him. And that's even more dangerous because you're already irritable and upset and your flesh is certainly weak and you're weak. And by day three, from discouragement to disillusionment, really quickly to depression. Like that in a moment. Don't forget the armor. Don't forget. If you have to push back every other item of your clothing, dig out the armor of God. I know we haven't even got to what the armor of God is. I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready to close this down. He says, in the evil day, withstand in the evil day. Repel the enemy in the evil day. Refuse to give a single inch to the enemy in the evil day. And this is when the attack comes. This is what's easy to do. Okay, can I come here, John? Here's what's easy to do. Here's what happens, okay? And so when you see people in the hallway at school, right? And so somebody is the alpha, right? I'm going to be the alpha in this situation. I'm probably normally the beta, but he's going to be the beta, okay? And so somebody's going to get in your face. What are you going to do? As a beta, what are you going to do? Back away, right? And I'm going to keep coming, right? And at some point you might protest, right? And when you protest, okay, if I'm smart, when you protest, I'm going to stop, right? And we'll let you get comfortable again. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to start again. Right? I'm going to back you up. All right? And at some point, you're going to protest, and you'll probably push. If you watch this, this is what happens. Okay? Eventually, the beta will push, and the, the bully, the alpha, is going to stop. But at some point, he's going to go right back. Okay? And before you know it, he's going to keep coming, and you're going to give an inch, and you're going to give an inch, and you're going to give an inch. And before you know it, you started all the way there, and now you're all the way back here. How is that? You gave in when you shouldn't have gave in. And then you gave in some more when you shouldn't have, been, shouldn't have gave in. And you gave in some more when you shouldn't have gave in. And so this is the strategy of the enemy. He comes and he just wants an inch. He just wants a foothold. And if he can get you to be intimidated to the point to where, to where you begin to just give him an inch, he's won. He's already begun to won. Because that inch, he, he'll stop. He'll back up, right? But guess what? You've already given him an inch and he's coming back. And you're going to give another inch when you shouldn't give an inch. And you're going to give another inch and you shouldn't give an inch. And this is how, this is how any type of working democracy ultimately gives in to a tyranny. By evil regimes who know what they're doing, who begin to push until the people protest and they stop. And they push and they push the people much farther back than they ever should allow the government to push. And then they stop when the resistance. And then they push some more and they stop. And they push some more and they stop. And this is the strategy of the enemy. It's a little by a little by a little. I don't have a lot of time for this, but I wanted to share, if I can pull this up, I wanted to share, um, give me just a second. Get this guy's name right. Robert Browning. He wrote a book called Ordinary Men. And he was interested in discovering how, how the Nazis trained people to engage in such horrific acts. And so he studied this brigade of policemen, middle-aged policemen, that were not indoctrinated by, by the Nazi regime. Okay? They were already old, already through school when Hitler came to power. And he began to study them. <clears throat> and... Uh, 
And so he, he, he analyzes how when the Nazis took over Poland, they brought this brigade of policemen in, and their commander told them straight up, you're going to do horrific things because we are in war. If you want to go home, you can go home. And the men, in actually a weird, twisted stance of valor, refused to leave their, their, their fellow men to do really horrible things. And they wanted to be there with them. And so these men would, would begin to engage in simple tasks like rounding up Jews and relocating them into ghettos and, and the like. Which led to eventually these men rounding up Jews into cattle cars which eventually led to these men rounding up Jews into concentration camps, which eventually led to these men, these men taking even pregnant women out and executing them by putting bullets in the backs of their heads. The title of the book is called Ordinary Men. How do they do it? How do they instill such evil in these men? Inch by inch, by inch. If I can just push them a little past what, they're, what they should do today, tomorrow I'll push them a little farther, and I'll push them a little farther. And this is the strategy of the enemy. Understand the enemy is playing for keeps. You are in the middle of the war, but it's okay, friend. You were built for this war. Amen. And this is, this is the conclusion of, of everything that I've, I've brought us to tonight. He says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. On the surface, this feels, um, having done all to stand. Literally having, what does that mean? Like if I've... Rocky Balboa style and I've taken so many fights and so many so many blows and I've lost so many teeth and my eyes are swollen shut and 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 having done all to stand stand there for when everything else has been exhausted and I prayed all I can pray and, and I fasted all I can fast and I'm still beat up I'm supposed to stand somehow like stand there for and that's not the picture of this of this phrase at all he says having done all to stand stand there for And the, the word picture of, of what we see, of what we see, Paul, where's my phone? How to get over there. Thank you. What Paul is telling us is this word stand is actually it's actually in the past tense, having done all to stand. It's to say, after the enemy has come in like a flood, after everything that has gone wrong that could go, go wrong, you're still standing. What he says, what he's saying is, having done all to stand, 
stand therefore. It's as if, as if, if he's saying, you're in the middle of the conflict, you're in the middle of the battle, you've done everything you, you've known to do to stand. You've prayed and you sought the Lord. And he says, stand therefore, which is a word picture of like the Lord coming up to someone. And he's saying, stand therefore. And he pulls up. up okay I don't know what this is this is a selfie that a student took I apologize but let's pretend it's you it's like he he takes a picture of your future it's a prophetic word having done all to stand and he says stand therefore having done everything you can do to fight he says look at this look you're still standing you're discouraged in the fight right now it's good news stand therefore You've had setbacks along the way. You've had your heart broke. Confused as to why everything is upside down in the world. He pulls out, he pulls out the prophetic picture of his phone with his phone and, and, and he shows you a photo and he says, stand there for. Look, it's you. You're standing in the fullness of your victory and everything that I promised and everything that I have prepared for you. Look again, stand there for. You have not succumbed to the wiles of the devil. Why? I've equipped you. I've prepared you. I've trained you for war. Stand there for. Stand there for. It's the Holy Spirit coming and to remind you, just as I promise, you can count on me. Just as I promise, I came through for you. You can put all your, your eggs in my basket. You can put all your hopes and all your dreams and all your aspirations on me. Having done all to stand, having done all within the fight and within the conflict, take a look. I've already been in the future. I've gone ahead. Oh, I'm omnipresent. I'm all things at all times. I stand outside at time. I'm ahead of you. And Look, you're still standing. Stand there for. <laughs> the dress code of a revivalist. Having done all to stand. This is why it's so important that you train. This is why it's so important that you understand the conflict that you're engaged in. This is why it's so important that you understand what's at stake, not just for you, but everyone in your sphere of influence. This is why it's so important that you understand the power of the armor that you put on you, the power of God. This is why it's so important that you understand the authority that you walk in, because you're going to stand. And when you've done all to stand, here's a picture. You're still standing. I've already seen the end from the beginning. Oh, I don't know if you're getting it like I got it. You're not going under, friend. Do you hear me? You're not going to succumb to the wiles of the enemy. <laughs> oh, my God, my God. He's going to come through for you, having done all to stand. Here's a reminder. You're still standing. I've already seen your future. Don't give up, baby. Keep fighting. Keep swinging. Keep yielding the sword of truth. Keep yielding the power of prayer. Oh, I've got you. I've gone before you. You're still standing. Oh, but it looks like, it looks like, it looks like it can't get any darker. If I'm honest, Pastor Matt, I'm in that depression stage. I went from discouragement to disillusionment. And it's hard for me to sleep. What is, what is Paul saying? He's saying... You have to see yourself standing. 
you have to see yourself standing. How do you change? How do you change your posture to one of a soldier? From someone who's defeated to one of a soldier, you've got to see yourself standing. You've got to see yourself as an overcomer. You've got to see yourself as victorious. He's saying, you've got to see yourself clothed in the armor of God as the righteousness of God, as the victorious warrior of God. See yourself standing and change your perspective. Feeling discouraged? See yourself standing. Feeling defeated? See yourself standing. Feeling like you'll never overcome the darkness? See yourself standing. See yourself standing, but it doesn't look like it, Pastor Matt. I don't care what it looks like. We don't go by sight. We don't go by feeling. We don't go by emotion. We go by the unchanging word of God. Hallelujah. See yourself standing. See revival in your home, but you don't understand how dark it is. I don't care how dark it is. The power of God is greater, and he's clothed you with the ability to repel the greatest, the greatest force of darkness in the earth. See yourself standing. You don't understand how, how dark my workplace is. You don't understand what they think about me. It doesn't matter what they think about you. If you will clothe yourself in the armor of God, you'll see yourself standing. Change your posture. Change your perspective. Change what you've been saying about your situation. Brother Robert was talking about saying out loud, praying out loud, and he's talking about uh, himself and a friend who's going through a, a tumultuous season of discouragement. And he said, I went to, to, to pray for myself and it was just supposed to be a little prayer and all of a sudden I just, the Holy Spirit came alive and it was like the, the dam broke and just, do you, do you understand that, that it, it, I, I understand I'm 13 minutes over. You've been here for 43 minutes listening to me. I apologize. And so maybe, maybe I don't. Uh, do you understand that, that reading to yourself is a brand new, like this new to us? Do you understand that, that, that in, in the Hebrew world that wrote this book, they didn't read to themselves, but they read aloud. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And it's not only by preaching, it's also by, by speaking and repeating the word of God out loud. Not just so you can hear it, right? Because faith comes by hearing and not just from the preacher, right? But also you reciting the scriptures, you reciting the promises of God that have been, that have been declared over your life. But not only do you and your spirit become encouraged and you begin to see yourself as a vic victor, you remind the enemy that he's a defeated foe. Do you hear me? You remind death, hell, and the grave. You remind depression and suicide. You, you remind sickness that you are not a slave to the, to the wiles of the enemy and to, the, to, to the, 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 the wiles of spiritual darkness, but you are governed by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so tonight, I want to invite you to stand there for. I want to invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to remind you what he said about you, what he said about your situation. Do you hear me? And for some of you tonight, it's all going to change. Your perspective is going to forever change about your situation, about your circumstance, whether the battle's inward, uh, an inward battle or an external battle. It's going to change. Some of you don't know how you're going to get money for your missions trip. Okay, change your perspective. Stand there for it. Look again. <laughs> do you hear me tonight? And so here's what I want us to do. Stand to your feet tonight. If you know that you're facing a situation. Thanks for listening. 
that this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.